Welcome back, Ashy Knuckle family. We got a recap of UFC 267. Our picks from that card. We got the results of those picks. Obviously, um, your boy, there's a fall from the rankings for your boy, B. Woods. Uh, while Mo and Mark continue to rise. Nice job by those boys. My boys picking, you know, some good ones. We got a special guest today. Quad C, my boy Chris joining us. Yo, yo. Yeah, call me Chris. Love it. And we're going to do a preview of UFC 268 and that banger of a card. So without getting, you know, too crazy, we'll jump right into it. Obviously, I'm your host, B. Woods. Got my boys, Marky G. What's up, man? And Mosey P, as always. Hi. And we on the My back hurts. Listen, what's up to our, our, our guest, though? What's up, man? How you doing, Chris? Yo, what's up, Ashy Knuckles family? All what's the up? faithful guys out there. We love it. We love we love having um, some enthusiasm. So a lot of times, you know, we get on here, and me, Mo, and uh, Mark, we are all old heads when it comes to this MMA thing. We've been in the game since the nineties. You feel me? And we got some. Sometimes it's good to have a little new blood. So, Chris, uh, when you join the MMA community, man, when did you get in? Who was the fighter that got you into mixed martial arts? And how do you feel right now uh, as a fan? Well, you know, I'm, I'm that casual dude. The dude that uh, got me into the whole um, MMA scene was the one and only Conor McGregor. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, after uh, it was the whole Khabib fight with him and Khabib, um, I... You know, I, I saw all the videos, you know, I saw him trash talking Aldo, just all his shit talking. I was like, man, this guy's on another level. So then, you know, of course, I was a I was a Connor fan at the time. And then uh, after seeing that domination from Habib, man. And then the way that he acted. Like with those fights afterwards, I guess mainly with Dustin Poirier, like it's just like just kind of turns you off with him, you know. And then, especially with his skills, like, he's just been, he, he's not active enough now to where he's, um, to where he should even be taught. I'm surprised he's even ranked, to be honest, now. But, <laughs> Wait a minute. He's still very active. He's 2-0 and right now. He is 2-0 and in his last two he's fights. He's 2-0 right now. <laughs> you're he right, you're right. He done. Against the. Uh... Battered Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pieced up the Italian DJ, bro. He's two and zero. What do you mean he's not active? <laughs> You're right. Win streak. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that's where I started. At. And what what really kicked it off was during the pandemic. There was nothing else really going on, and I got this nice ESPN Plus subscription, and it kind of um kind of opened up my eyes to the MMA world, and I've been hooked ever since, man. So. That's that's dope, man. We all we all got into it for for different reasons, and different fighters got us in. Um, that was actually one of my questions for y'all. Like, what is it that got y'all into it? Like, who was the fighter? Who? Where did you? Where did it all begin for y'all? Mark, you want to go first? 
Yeah, I mean, that's easy for me. Back in the day, there was a man called Rich Franklin that got me into it. He was my he was my boy back then. He was just an average Joe that was kicking ass and the middleweight champ at the time before Anderson showed him his knees. Um, but him and Uriah Faber, what I would be saying, are the two people that got me into mixed martial arts the most. I was I had a lot more easier access to WEC than I did the UFC tapes all the time. So Uriah Faber was the man back then, and I was hooked ever since. Nice. Hello? Uh, back in the day when I first started breakdancing, one of my homeboys had uh, it was UFC. I don't know the exact number, but it was like Chemo came out carrying the cross. Was that when they had titles for the UFC fights? Like... I, I don't even think there was a weight class, really. No, I that was, was still one. the un, like the one-night tournament days. I think that was like UFC 3. Was, I was a young man, so I can't really tell you too much. Like the old-school logo with the guy. Yeah. He had a VHS. Yeah. That's yeah. how old it was. Yeah. And then they had another VHS, and I seen this dude with like this curly little afro with some wrestling shoes on and some like gloves, and he... He just straight up rushed this other dude down. And his name was Vitor Belfort. Mm. And he rushed down Vanderlei Silva. And after that, I was like, man, this sounds dope. If I can find more of it, I'm going to watch more. Uh, yeah, um, that was that was exactly the era that got me into it. And I, I'm pretty sure I was somewhere near you when uh, that rush down happened. But um, the guy that got me into it was um always Gracie because it was little dude going against these monsters and I was like, man, how is this little dude the karate gi gonna beat up all these fucking tough guys? You know what I mean? And back then it was pretty brutal. There was like very few rules. You saw guys getting hit in the nuts, guys like just coming out with one boxing glove and you know what I mean? They were just, it was just it was chaos. And they were really just trying to see what style could hold up against all the styles. And coming from a martial arts-like perspective, I was always curious to that, too. Because we watch, like, kung fu movies and shit, we see all these styles that are in the same discipline. And we're like, oh, I wonder how they would do on a commercial level. At least I did. And I saw, when I saw Gracie straight bodying everybody with jujitsu, that made me, that perked my ears up. I was like, how is this little... 190 pound guy, you know, tapping out all these guys that are way bigger than him. So that got me in the game. What kept me in the game was uh, watching Rampage and Vanderlei Silva in Pride. That's what that's what got me like, oh shit, because watching Vanderlei Silva's run in Pride where he was fighting legit heavyweight guys. Um, as a middleweight, just buying everybody with this crazy berserker style, um, made me pay attention to shooting boxing all their fighters, such as like Shogun and all those guys. I uh, I really wanted to. What's up, man? What's up? Yo, those were those uh, twenty-one-year-old days. You remember that? Oh yeah, give them two uh, quarts of malt liquor, catching that pride out on uh, FSN around midnight. 
You don't even know who they show on, on there. We're just watching it. All I knew was there was going to be violence. I knew who was going to fight. I knew no hard, no Yo. structured lineup. I knew I was going to witness somebody get their ass whooped. Randleman and Fedor was probably the best fight we caught on there. Oh my god, bro! I thought I thought for real I witnessed a, a man die. I thought I thought somebody got bodied in that fight. When he picked home, when he picked, when Fedor got lifted off his feet and slammed on his neck, bro, I think I went. I lost my fucking mind because I, I didn't think that somebody could survive that. He left the earth and suplexed this man. Bro, he that was jumped. a super move in Street Fighter shit. That was Zangief yes. shit. That was straight up Street Fighter Zangief type shit. It's the same Fedor that they're talking about now. Yeah, uh, it is. Okay. Yes. Yup. That dude was a, he was man. That, that dude was a legend, bro. Like when when, he, when I'm talking about like he went against all the scary people who he thought. And he, if you look at his physique, he taught me really about fighting. That physique don't mean shit because you see these dudes that are muscled up and jacked the fuck up, and they look like straight stone cold killers. But he came in there with this average ass body. Soft, stoic eyes, looking like like no care in the world, and he would beat the fuck out of these dudes. Man, it was crazy to watch. Like I was like, okay, this is the guy who's gonna beat his ass. This is the guy that no, no, not him. Oh, this is the guy. No, no, I guess not him either. Okay, this is the guy. Right? No, I guess not him either. So it was like it was weird watching um that era, but that's like like I said, the show the shoe box. You know, that's what got me into um MMA. Vandalay Silver, Shogun, soccer kicking and stomping their way right into my heart. They were all killers, <laughs> man. Straight oh, yeah. up murderers. Exactly. That that whole crew was just it was phenomenal. Nice. Thanks. Thanks y'all for sharing that. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Uh, no problems. Well, we can get right into the recap. I mean, UFC two sixty seven has some star studded We had what? Two titles on the line. We had the return of Hamza Chamayev back off vacation from the from the, the COVIDs. Um and Dan Wicker, because of COVID, they couldn't leave. I mean he couldn't leave the country and then return. So he took a fight against Islam Makashev, who a lot of guys in in that division, 155 pounds, they, they don't want that problem. A lot of guys aren't calling his name. Islam's phone isn't exactly ringing off the hook, but uh, Dan Hooker, he answered the call, being game as he always is, and we get to the recap, so we obviously made picks. Uh, let's start with the, uh, the first fight of the, 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 the that pick slate. We had uh, Jing Wang Lee, the leech, going up against Hamzat Shemaev. Jing Wang was a plus, one, a plus 350 underdog. And Hamza Chamayev was a minus two seventy favorite. Um, we'll go to the guys who actually picked this one correctly. Uh, Mo and oh, Mo and Mark, what do y'all think, man? As advertised, I thought that uh, the leash was going to have a little bit more for him than he actually did. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised that he survived a lot of those submissions. He was very slick getting out of those. I, I was wondering if he actually had to breathe or not. But Yo, he carried him across the ring and decided to have a talk with the boss. While carrying him. That was insane, yeah. Like, who does that? I've only seen one man do that 
on purpose. And that was Matt Hughes carrying Frank Trigg across the cage and then slamming him. He didn't talk to Dana, but he did carry him like a sack of potatoes and then dropped his ass like a bad habit. He wanted to be closer to his corner. He had somebody else to talk to. He mm-hmm. big boy the uh, jingling, bro. Bro. Yeah. Memes, Not even a chance, man. Bro, the memes I saw, the one of the craziest memes I saw from that fight, I picked Jingling because he was a plus 350 favorite, and I figured Hamzat coming off a long layoff that would make this fight a little bit more even than um, the number suggested. I thought Lee could, you know, give him a run for his money, maybe even clip him and hurt him, get the victory. Uh, Hamzat is a diff. This guy has arrived, in my opinion. I think he's among the UFC 170 pound elite, and every fight from this point on should reflect that. I think he should be getting uh, some guys in the top five, some higher competition, because he's not just winning; he's making it look easy. So, who's the one person that hit him? Uh, does anybody know? <laughs> For real, does anybody know? I, I, I think the leech I, I is the one his... person that hit him. No, I thought it was in like his uh, second fight in the UFC where it went like to the second round. Like, it says zero 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 for uh, Jingling. Oh, well then. Yeah, how you get shut out like that, bro? You get taken down and smothered. Good drowned. Maybe it was the dude that took him to the second round. Hold on, let me check. Should listen to the casual sometime. Okay, okay. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying here. <laughs> they say he's only been hit once, but according to the UFC website, that's so accurate all the time. <laughs> it says John Phillips had a total of Three strikes with two landed. Yeah, I think only one was a significant one. And well, they, one was significant. I mean, on the broadcast, they were saying he's been hit twice in four fights or something like that. So maybe those yeah. are the two hits right there. Got more bonuses than hits. Like, that's insane, dude. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about those, those strike um, statistics. They're never accurate. Like, we'll see sometimes where they'll have a fight and they'll post the post-fight stats. And if you watch the fight, and if you never go back, take a slow, and take a slow motion approach if you have the app. If you have the UFC app, and you can just slow it down and, every, and then count, tally every hit. You're not going to get those numbers. So I'm not sure where they're bringing these numbers from. Because sometimes they call strikes significant strikes. And it hit the dude in the arm, or the, the, the strike was blocked. Early horse, bro. Yeah, man. We going for the pressure points. Oh yeah, yeah. You for gotta that. remember when those kicks break arms, man. Yeah, ask Chuck about that. Yeah, you know how to do those. Okay, that's you got cool. rich with it. You got rich with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ask Rich Franklin. He'll yeah. still punch with it though. Chuck know how to do those. Wait, didn't Rich Franklin break his arm knocking Chuck out? No, he no. blocked the kick. He blocked a kick and broke his arm, but then knocked him out with the broken arm. Wow. He said, this is my strong man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, for 
what what they call them? Hamzat. I call them hazmat. Hazmat. I was asking y'all earlier about this. Over under, does he leapfrog anybody above uh, Jingling's rank? Where's Jingling ranked? 11. 11. 11. Do you think he goes higher? I think he well, breaks top 10. He should, he should go higher. Who's getting pushed down? I'd say they put him at 8. So he's going to be, uh, he's going to take Magni's spot and they're mm -hmm. all going to move down. And then Jeff Neal's going to get kicked out of the top 10. You think so? Yeah. Because Jeff Neal's number 10 right now. I think Magni goes to 9. Muhammad goes to 10. Yeah. Yo, that dude, Sean Brady, though, he's, he's another guy to watch out for. I know he's not on topic right now, but for the ranking wise, keep that. I mean, Kiesa doesn't have a fight, fight yet. No, I don't think he does. Sean Brady was supposed to fight Kevin Lee. No. Kevin Lee. Kevin, Kevin Lee. Lee, yeah. And that dude, uh, Daniel Rodriguez, came in and stole the show. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sean, Sean pulled out, and then, um, yeah, Rodriguez came in, and he looked good. He's a big welter, too, so this should be interesting. Um, big boy. I I saw a meme where Hamzat picked up Lee and tossed him in the pool. It was, yeah, it, that one was funny. He tossed him in the pool. <laughs> yeah, the deep end or the shallow end? <laughs> Probably the deep end, man. But what's what, 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 going off that? What do you think is next for Hamzat? Do you do you see him taking a fight? I mean, like, well, I'm sure he'll take whatever fight he can get, but. Do you see him getting a top five opponent, or are they going to do more? Just try and give him a slower build. Well, you know how these top five dudes be acting. There's only well, there's one top five guy who claims to want all the smoke. There's one guy. Ooh, okay. No. It's Burns. Yes, Gilbert Burns. He calls out anybody he can. So is this a, is this the type of fight where? What type of matchup we can see? Maybe him against Gilbert because Gilbert's in the top five. I think uh, Gilbert showed some too. interest on that on um on Twitter or something or Instagram, where you know he had the um you know the the wolf emoji question mark. Like it might happen. I don't know. I mean, he has a lot of people calling his name right now. Yeah, there's a lot of interested parties. And I, I say they, they'll probably give him somewhere. I don't know if they'll go straight to Gilbert, because that's a risky one for him right now. But I th yeah, mad. They'll probably put him somewhere. They're they're rumoring that Nate fight, which I think they'll give that to him like any day he wants it. If they both want it, that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to help him in the title picture. I think he really should be somewhere between five and six, Thompson or Kiesa. Is where I think is a logical place for him to go. But that Nate fight's probably what's going to happen. I can see that. I mean, from a, from a pure, like a pure business standpoint, for Kamzat, if he has title aspirations, I think taking a fight like Gilbert Burns makes the most sense. 
And yes, Gilbert is obviously a dangerous opponent, but Hamza hasn't had any struggles in the UFC so far. So I feel like at this point, there's no need to, there's no more buildup. You know what I mean? Like there's, he hasn't faced really any adversity at all. So for me, I think he jumps right into that uncrowned championship status. Like, I mean, obviously, Kamaru Usman is the dominant champion at this weight class. And right now, he's basically just lapping the division. I mean, he's mm-hmm. every, every fight that makes sense for him is a rematch. So the only guys that he hasn't, hasn't went up against in that division are um, Stephen Tom- Wonderboy Thompson and Vicente Luque, right? Oh, that'd be bad for Thompson, I think. Yeah, well, I think yeah. he might have beat Luque, didn't he? Let's find out. <laughs> he might have beat Luque a, a long time ago. Why not Luque lost to Leon Edwards? Mm. But I don't know if I don't think um, I'm not sure if Kamaru has faced Luke yet. Even even with that being said, it even further proves my point that every matchup that's of any like worth for Kamaru, all the challengers are guys he's already beaten. It's it's um he's wrapping division. So really, I think what should happen is get some of these younger contenders up against some of those potential rematch guys. That's why I um, like him. He, he didn't fight Luke. I thought he did. Yeah, he didn't. It's Leon that, that I was probably thinking about. That Luke. would be a good matchup. Luke versus Hazmat. I think that, that would be a good matchup. And if he wins that, that's a good step up there. I don't yeah. see Luke doing it, though. You know, that's a lot of risk for him. Because isn't he like in title shot content, like almost in title shot contender at this point? Well, right now, the closest guy to the title, besides the, uh, the obvious that we'll talk about later, I mean, you know, Kobe's, like, currently competing for the strap in a few days. So, outside of Kobe Covington, there's pretty much only one guy, and that's Leon Edwards. He's on a nine-fight winning streak. Um, he, hell, he, I mean, he lost to Kamaru early in his career, but he's last lost. That was his last loss, was to the champion. Um, but he's he has the credentials to get that title shot without being a direct retread for someone who already had a title shot. Because obviously Gilbert Burns is still in that top five, but he's already had a shot at the title recently. Jorge Masvidal has had two. Kobe Covington is on his second try, and let's assuming that you know Kamaru beats Kobe, then who's next? I mean, obviously, I guess you can say Leon Edwards, but who's next after that? I mean, it's arguable between Vicente Luque and after that, it's like question marks. So I want to get those question marks answered. I think a guy like um, well, a guy like Hamza answers a lot of those questions because he does pose a problem. Like, he, he's, he's one thing. One thing is he's not a rehash. He's a new challenge. And I want to see how he can do because I mean, come on, man, he's running through these the, everything we're throwing at him, everything the UFC is throwing at him. Sorry, I mean, yeah. I, thought, I thought Jay Wang Wu would be a much more much bigger challenge than it was, and he beat this guy like it was you know walking the park. So like, I don't think I think him stepping up to the top five is only right. I mean, I, why, why would he not? Like he's, he's making such quick work of everyone, kind of like in the same same way as Cyril Gane was doing. 
Like I don't built them up slow though. They built them up kind of slow. They gave him ranked opponent after ranked opponent though. If you think about it. Yeah. Like he smoked uh, JDS. Then who did he fight after that? I know he went. I I don't know the order, but I know he strike after that. Yeah, that was that was a smooth mess. And then he fought Volkov after that, right? Or is it back? Or am I am I mistaken? He was in that same. No, you got it right. Yeah. And then he fought uh Derek Lewis, right? And now he's the interim champ. All within this year, right? Well, no, JDS was last December or November. It was December. And all that within this year. Yep. So you're suggesting, like, maybe a slower run for Kamzat? Like, say, like, maybe go with, like, somebody like like Rodriguez. And then maybe... No, no, no. He's definitely going to be ranked higher than Rodriguez. What I'm saying is, like, him getting just... um. Other name on his belt instead of going like straight to the, to the top five. No, I, I think he should go to the top five. I think he should take. I think Luke would be the best fight for his him. Who's that? Luke. Luke. Yeah. Okay, so like okay, so uh, all right, I like it. I, I don't. I want to see. Obviously, I want to see him tested, and the only way I, I feel like we'll see that now is with a guy in the top five. I agree with you. I think four through six are his best, like, next opponent. And then after that, it would be Gilbert or Leon is where I would put him, depending on where the title picture's at. Because if Kobe wins the title, then Kamara's going to get a rematch. For sure. That's a trilogy waiting to happen. Right. You think it depends on how he beat, like, say if Kobe does beat Usman, like... We will get to that. Do you think it depends? We will get to that. We will get to that. Save it. That's the juiciest nugget on the card, buddy. We will get to that. But let's move forward, guys. Let's move forward, guys. So, like, all right. So, obviously, next we had Dan. We had Dan Hooker taking on Islam Makhachev. And this is this was a coming out party for Islam. Because, I mean, Dan Hooker was a plus 410 underdog. I took him giving getting four to one and obviously Mo and Mo and Mark were believers. Whereas I wasn't. I was like, I listen to you. To me, you gotta prove it. I mean, I know his pedigree. I mean he's a Dagestani. I mean, um he comes from that that lineage of strong wrestlers, great grapplers, and he's in AKA with like, you know, Daniel Cormier and all of you know, the guys that come with that. But at, at I hadn't seen him in, like I said, I hadn't seen him up against top top competition yet. And right now, you know, Dan Hooker is one of the, you know, he's one of the, he's a, he's not exactly, he's one, he's a tough guy, a tough out for anybody. And the world he's been in with guys like Dustin Poirier made me believe that he can give Islam a test at least. He did not. Islam made that look easy. So. Uh, quickly, well, you know, Mark, what did you think about that fight before it, beforehand, and how do you feel coming out? Uh, beforehand, I was a believer in Islam. I really do. I think he's he does look like Habib 2.0 because he has better hands than Habib, but his grinding wrestling that he has is just the same. 
It's that impossible. Once I get you down, I'm going to grab your wrist and hold you down. And oh, it's terrifying, to be honest. But I honestly did think that Dan Hooker had a really good shot at this. His improved wrestling defense that he's had over his last couple of fights hasn't been the greatest, but it was there. And I thought that his hands would give Islam a lot more trouble because even though Islam's hands are okay, they're just okay. They're not fantastic by any means. But after this fight, it's just like, Jesus. You can't even get going with your hands before he's taking you down and just dominating you. He is absolutely terrifying for this division. And I'm interested to see where it goes. So am I. I'm very interested to see where he goes next because coming in, I didn't think he had... I thought he was like very well-rounded. I didn't think he was as dominant as Habib was in the grappling, but he's proven that he is as dominant as Habib. What would what your take? I think he's... I don't know if his hands are as good as they seem, but his grappling is very, very good. Like, to do that, the Dan Hooker that quickly, and he didn't even, like, have him hurt or anything. He just took him down. He 100% for takedown accuracy, right? One for one, and that's all he needed. But I don't think he's as strong as uh, Habib was on the ground. I think his technique is really good. But strength-wise, there's a reason why uh, Habib had troubles cutting weight. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think his strength is as strong. That even makes any sense. You don't think he's as heavy on the ground is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think he's the... uh, the bear killer as Habib was. <laughs> but I think his technique is just as good. So it's going to be, he's going to be a problem for majority of everybody in the division. So whoever pulls his number for the next fight, they got a tough one. Cause you know, for sure he's fighting somebody higher than him. And I, I honestly think it'll be Barry Yush. Honestly, I was thinking the same. I was like, Benny's probably going to get that. Yep. Darius, Darius. Not Barrius. Darius. If you did, what do you think? Oh, say it again. I'm sorry. Did you get to watch this fight between uh, Dan Hooker and Islam Makashev? Oh, yeah, dude. I I, I tuned into the whole thing. Uh, You know, of course, it was like free on ESPN Plus. So, like, can't deny that, you know? But yeah, man, when I saw it, like I was going for a, I was going for hooker, you know, I was going with my heart. Like I, I like to see a hype train derailed. And um, I was hoping that was what was going to happen. But just kind of looking at hookers um, wrestling credentials, not really there. And I, I honestly, I thought it was, I was, it was going to go a lot longer than it did. And um, but as soon as um uh, Makachev got that takedown within the first, like, what, like, less than a minute? Like, it was over already as soon as he got that takedown, especially with Habib in his corner. Like, that's got to be a cheat code right there. Like, <laughs> you got Habib telling you exactly what to do, and he goes and executes it clean, flawlessly, and it was just, uh, I don't know, man. That's a cheat code with Habib in your corner. I think so. 
Yeah, that was that was that was thing of beauty. It's like he's playing uh, UFC four. Yeah. Well, like I said, um, I before going into this fight, I thought that Makashev needed to prove some st- prove more to me, and he did. Like he proved he can be as dominant as um, Habib in the wrestling department. So, to me, I, I'm curious to see where he goes forward from here. However, I will say this: I think he is. Um, in my mind, the uncrowned champion at 155. I think uh, a lot of guys, he's on the radar of a lot of guys at that division, and I know right now, Charlie Oliveira is the champion, and I understand that he's facing Dustin Poirier, and we also got two other serious title contenders um, taking each other on in, in a few days, but to me, I think Islam is a favorite over all those guys. Everybody, really? everyone I mentioned. Like, I think I I like him over all of them. To be honest, like, I think he beats everybody I just mentioned. So um, I don't know what's next for him. Uh, we can speculate to that, but I think I think he's the future champion uh, if he if his body holds up. So like I have a lot of questions about that. Like, and I, we can get to this later. But like, no, 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 yeah, no, we can go just go ahead. Oh, all, right, all right, so all right, so what do you think would take to beat that Sambo style, that Dagestani wrestling, damn sweeping your leg and going on that ground and pound? Like, what do you think would take it to be able to counter or beat that kind of style? I, I and I think you have to have that same intensity. You have to have that same degree of wrestling. Like, if you if you can't match, if you can't match that and keep that guy off of you or be competitive on the ground with him, then yeah, you're just going to get taken down and pounded out or taken down and subbed. And the only thing that I think you fight fire with fire. I got one example. One prime example. Ally Quinta versus Habib. Yep. Al, Al forced he to lost be, to a jab. Well, Al, Al forced Habib to stand up, though. He lost to a jab. I mean, yeah. Al's, Al's wrestling credentials. He, I mean, Al's a, a, a phenomenal wrestler, and he, he made it tough for Habib to not only take him down but to keep him down. And he exactly. forced it to be a boxing match, which um, Khabib still won that boxing match. But I mean, you gotta take that if you if you're um, a competitor in a 155 pound division, you you want to take a stand up war with um, these uh, Dagestani gangsters. So. Who above Islam has the best wrestling credentials to be able to stop that? Chandler, maybe? Chandler or Justin Gaethje? Gaethje, like I said, he get he got yeah he got mauled by a beep. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was hoping for. I thought that American wrestling that Gaethje was going to bring was going to be able to be able to uh, take down Khabib, but. Everybody After seeing did. that fight, man, oh, it's just like fuck. It wasn't necessarily Gaethje's wrestling that got him in trouble. Gaethje doesn't have any jujitsu, right? That was uh, a problem against Habib. His his submission defense is not good, but he, he doesn't have to use it ever. Really, if you think about it, like he's always in firefights, and it's he's really difficult to take down. Like most guys aren't going to be able to take him down. Habib is just not. He's a um, how do they say it? An uncommon man amongst uncommon men. 
Right. And the biggest thing about Habib, kind of like what Mosey was talking about earlier, is once he got you down, he was so heavy on you that even the best of the best couldn't do anything about it. And it's mostly because of that wrist control that he does. He always goes for that either right or left hand, the opposite side wrist and holds it down so you have no options to get up. And that's just terrifying. Um, I honestly, unpopular opinion, I think Michael Chandler has the best chance to beat him. I think his explosiveness will get him in and his strength will hurt him early. And that's the best option that you got. You got to hurt him early and neutralize his wrestling. Yeah. I mean, to kind of piggyback on what Mark was saying, like the whole Khabib just being so big, just being so heavy, dominating. I think even Dustin Poirier even said it when he was like, dude, he's just so, so big, like he's strong. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't able to control him. But I think the difference with that is like Makachev is not as big as Khabib is. Like Makachev is, um, he's definitely fighting around his, um, his weight class. But I don't think um, he's like as big and be able to um, just overpower, I guess, you know. He's not going to have weight cutting issues like his yeah. uh, older brother. Yeah. Saying he can eat the tiramisu. Yes, he can have tiramisu <laughs> Tuesdays. All right. All right, so let's go forward with the, in my opinion, the fight of the night from yes. the last card. I'm not sure how to say that. I don't want to call him Peter because I know it's not Peter. It's like Piotr. 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 Jan and Corey Sanhagen. Am Oof. I the only one that picked Sanhagen? Yeah, I was going for Jan. Um, no. No, I, I picked Sam Hagen too. No, I'm the only one that picked, picked uh, Jan. I picked Sam Hagen because, um, one, I thought this fight could, was a lot. Uh, I, like I said, I there was reasons that I thought Corey could, um, there was passions in this fight that I thought Corey could shine. I thought Corey could shine in a stand-up war, which, for the most part, that's what it was. It was just a kickboxing match. And... Pure showed excellent defense, um, good patience. He did, he weathered the first round storm, and he came out slow, got his reads, and was able to just fucking really, really pick Corey apart. Um, I thought Corey would be able to hurt Pure in stand up if it was a stand up war, and he would have to make it a um, make it grapple heavy or at least threaten it. And really, outside of a few attempts, there was it was mostly a stand up war. And I learned something more about Corey than I did about Pure. Uh, Corey definitely, uh, it, he has explosive movement with those flying knees, but he's not powerful with his hands. Uh, and and that, that definitely didn't, um, that definitely hurt. He, didn't, he could never get Pure's respect. He just basically shelled up, walked forward, and was able to deal with anything that um, Corey can hand out. Yo, is there like a uh, a company that makes like Russian computers or something? <laughs> you were thinking the same thing that I was. I was bro, it's say... like download complete, like straight up when he was fighting uh, Corey, bro. It's like the first round was like, you know, that 56K buffering, bro. internet, bro. He was downloading, bro. It, it took the whole shit. And then after that, he just, yo, you saw that back. 
fist, the spinning back fist to the fucking yeah. hook. What yeah. the fuck was that? We doing spinning shit now? Who who does that? <laughs> who does that? And he, he went that. for that a lot. Like it wasn't just one time. Dude, Jan's well, combos were insane. Man. He yeah. connected it. Yeah, I was thinking the same analogy, actually. I was thinking like an old MacBook that's sitting there <laughs> downloading forever, but once it got on, it was on. Yeah. Uh, it was either that or he has the same powers as uh, Vegeta's new powers. The more the shit, or the more I get the shit beat out of me, the stronger I get. That's also uh, the Homer Simpson. You remember when he was boxing everybody? No, nah, that was just exhaustion. He <laughs> get beat up for like ten rounds and then finish him at the eleven. Very Russian Rocky? Nah, he's not the Russian Rocky. Ain't no way. One thing I love about him is he can turn it on in a fucking championship rounds, bro. Like he's a he's a different animal in rounds four and five. That's something that um like most guys kind of like start off strong and then fade toward the end. But Peter's the opposite. He starts off really slow. And then by round three, he's cooking. And you saw with, with um what he did to uh Aljamain after Aljamain went bananas in the first round. He just took him apart. And he did the same to Corey. I mean mm-hmm. the, I know he's the interim champion and not the undisputed champion, but for uh Let's be real here. He's the guy to beat. Over under. Does he fight Dillashaw before he fights Aljamain? Uh under. He fights Aljamain first. Dillashaw still Aljamain first. Yeah, Dillashaw still crippled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that yeah, the whole point of calling for January no, or February? Aljamain? Yeah, he's no, calling for January or February. That fight ain't gonna happen till March. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be fighting next year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, cause it, it's, he's taking time to get healthy, and then once he does, I mean, he's not gonna—he's not gonna just hide under a rock. He has to—he um, has to fight at some point. So, and it's yeah. a championship. As a champion, you get a bigger payday. So, he's taking that fight regardless of if he thinks he can win or not. That's happening for sure. Like it's the same reason Kobe wants to fight for the title. You—you're taking that shit no matter what is going to actually happen. Um, speaking of that. We can go to the next title fight. We had Jan Blahovich versus Glover Teixeira. And the only fight that I got right, um, Glover, man, look, we all want that Hollywood storybook ending for a career. And I was, we were all, we were all in agreement, agreeing on that. Like, that was a whole sweep. Like, everybody on this show picked Glover Teixeira, and most for that reason. I had other reasons too, and the other reason I had was this: as as good as Jan Blahovich is, Glover Teixeira is he's a he's a force to be reckoned with, man. Like he only, I mean, he does have some losses, obviously, but in his recent run, he looked legit, and I thought that that he looked like he was ready for the uh, and new. So I I took on um, Glover. He impressed me. Like he came out in that first round. And absolutely dominated. Like he took, he took Jan Blahovich down and stayed on top of him for the entire round. And we saw what happened in the second round. So, uh, props to Old Man Glover, Ashy Knuckle moment. Um, that left hook was pretty. The one that wobbled Jan. 
Um, um, Mark, what did you think about that fight? Exactly how I wanted it to go. I got that storybook ending. I looked crazy at work because I was watching it while I was supposed to be working. I almost threw my phone across the floor. I mean, <laughs> shit, I was so happy looking like an idiot. But, you know, it went close to what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot more stand-up than there actually was. Um, I didn't expect Glover to shoot for the takedown, like, within 30 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, but that first round, complete domination. Glover just looked content controlling it the whole time and obviously put it into Jan's head that, hey, if you strike too wild with me, I'm going to take you down. So, in the second round, Jan just had no answers. He honestly didn't. It was power versus uh, well-roundedness on that one. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mo, what did you think? Well, I didn't get to see the fight live. When I tuned in, I seen Glover was getting the belt wrapped around his waist, and I was like, oh, (laughs) all right, cool. And then shortly after, I got uh, a few text messages from uh, my Polish-German friend. Ooh. Oh, he was a little sad. <laughs> Pretty hilarious what he texted me. The funniest thing I heard about that was uh, Jan Blachowicz said he left Polish power in the hotel room. <laughs> Whatever he said. <laughs> he texted me something along the same lines like, where was the Polish power? I'm like, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. His buddy on the prelims took it all. Chris, what did you think, man? Man, I saw the fight live, and um, I was going for Jan. You know, after seeing the way he dominated uh, Dominic Reyes, like, he just fucked, dude. He destroyed Dominic Reyes, like, gone. And then with the whole wrestling with him and Adesanya, like, I understand Adesanya is not a, um, not a wrestler by any means whatsoever, but I was like, okay, so he's got that... He's got some wrestling in him. So does Glover. And then, uh, but the way that Glover just dominated him in the fight, just, dude, he, uh, he made Jan look small as hell. Jan's a big dude. And he just fucking just took him down like it was nothing. And that's when I kind of realized, man, you got to maybe just, uh, I don't know. But yeah. It's levels to that wrestling shit, bro. That's, that's, there's levels to it. Uh, Habib and the Dagestani show us that all the time. Like you, you might think you're good. You might have credentials that say you're good. However, there's levels to that shit. Yeah, I um, think I read online something where like uh, Jan's last fights were against Adesanya, which was uh, he was former middleweight, and then before Dominic Reyes, was it Luke Rockhold that he fought? Mm-hmm. Don Jones. John, oh yeah, no. Uh, talking about Reyes? Jan. No, no, Jan. Oh, Jan. 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 Yeah, Jan. He fought uh, Luke Rockhold, right? And that's when Luke Rockhold was fighting at 205. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, oh, I, I, you know, still learning the game. Hey, you're making all... some good points there. You're saying that the last two fighters he fought were m- technically middleweights that he outsized and yeah. outpowered. So and he fought a grown man. Glover is a grown man. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. He's the oldest uh UFC champion or UFC Second. champion to win the uh belt. Second, Second oldest. And 
No, who's the uh the oldest? Randy Quintez? At what Randy age? Couture. Uh, forty-three. He was forty-three winning the heavyweight belt. Yes, I think it's only by a couple months is the difference. Oh wow, Randy Cortez. Um, (laughs) Now Randy Couture had a legendary career, and with that we um, with that 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 put that puts Mosley in the driver's seat at six and four on the picks, um. Coming in at 500, my boy Marky G at 5 and 5, and scraping the floor. I'm yours truly. I'm 3 and 8. So, chill, bro. Chill. Hey, man. Hey, I, I told you, I make my picks, and no revision, no revision is history. It is, it is what it is. Moses making oh. them coin flips, making them look very juicy. <laughs> I told you, bro. Sometimes you ride with the dogs and you sleep in the doghouse. All right, let's go into uh, this coming pay per view UFC oh, yeah. two sixty eight. We got some we got some spice for this one. We gonna start this one off spicy because we got two fighters that never put on. A, they always put on a good show. They never leave you at a moment where you can yawn and go make a sandwich. Uh, talking about Al Iaquinta and Bobby Green. Al Quinta is a plus one thirty five underdog, and Bobby Green is coming in at a minus one fifty five favorite. Let's start with um, Mark. What do you think, man? I love this fight. These are two scrappers that I've always enjoyed watching. Um, to be honest, I've never really thought either of them were going to be championship material, but they're always entertainment, and I love the matchup. And you know what? I'm going to go with the underdog, and I'm going to go with Bobby Green on this one. Bobby's the favorite. Oh, is he the favorite? Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm not going with the underdog. I'm going with the favorite. I'm going with Bobby Green on this one just because, you know, I'm not a fan of the real estate agents right now. Okay, okay. so I'm going to lock Mark in. Bobby Green. No. No. Yo, uh, I'm baffled by this. By what? I thought Bobby Green was going to be the underdog. So did I. <laughs> what the heck? What, what is Vegas doing, bro? Are they trying to give out money or something? Like, what are they doing? This makes zero sense to me right now. Would that be the inactivity of Ally Quinto? <sighs> Damn, this is a tough one. What was his last fight? Ally Quinto. Dan Hooker. Then okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Bobby Green, bro. I'm gonna go with the favorite, just because I thought he was the underdog, like, straight up. We okay. in the same boat, man. Like what the heck? How? 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 To be fair, it's only minus one fifty-five. It's not like he's an overwhelming favorite. I know, it's, not- it's real close, but it's just yeah. shocking. Like what? <laughs> like what? I'm not really surprised by this. I think um I think it's fair. I think these numbers are fair. Um, Chris, what do you think? Man, I'm gonna be honest, I really don't know the two fighters so well, so I really have no comment on it. Um so, yeah, that, that's where I'm gonna stand. Who would you pick, I mean, if you had to pick one? If I had a choice, um the only name that I know, which is Ayaquinta. So yeah. That's who I would pick, just because his name rings a bell. 
That's about it's it. Not a bad choice though, because he <laughs> probably has the crisper boxing and the better wrestling pedigree. I'm gonna go back and fight and, and watch these fights though. So you know, I'm Al I Quinta as well. Um, I, I see more paths to actual victory with Al. Um, and you know me, I'm a sucker for an underdog. So. Going L.I. Quinta. Next up, next we have um, someone who's on the rise and someone who's a little bit on the fall in their careers. Marlon Vera will be facing off against Frankie Edgar. Uh, Marlon Vera is coming in at a minus one hundred and seventy favorite. Frankie Edgar at plus one fifty. He's the underdog. Mo, what do you think on this one, man? I'm riding with Frankie. I'm riding with Frankie just because I see Marlon Vera's uh, grappling game when he went against Jose, Jose Aldo. <laughs> Lost, I thought. And he got jiu-jitsu'd. So yeah. I believe Frankie might scoop this man and beat him down. Ooh. That's my opinion. And I will go with the underdog. He is definitely the underdog, so I will <laughs> go with the underdog. Marky G? I'm with Mosey. Uh, I'm going to go with Frankie. I know that he's been on a downward spiral lately, but he's only fought the best of the best. The top tier killers. And we all know that Bantamweight and Featherweight has some of the nastiest killers there are. So, hands down, I'm going with Frankie. I think it's going to be probably a decision win, though. Hey, wait, wait. Before I make my uh, full decision, can I see Frankie's haircut beforehand? <laughs> I was about to get into that, but all right. Because <laughs> if he comes in with the fro, I don't know. Fro you know means man? knocked out. Yeah. Chris, if he comes yeah. in with the low cut, then I'm 100% Frankie. Put a star by that shit, bro. Yeah, let me get an asterisk or something. That's funny. If it's low-cut Frankie, I'm going with Frankie. But if it's uh, uh, curly pro Frankie, I don't know. Chris, you have any input on one? Man, I have not, not too much input on the fight itself. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my uh, salon-style Vera, the way that he is now with his full head of hair. And uh, I don't know, man. I feel like, you know, you spend some time in the salon. You get yourself nice and worked up. Uh, you might win the, win that fight. Look at um, Marvin Vittori, the last fight with him and Costa. He wasn't no shaved head Vittori. He was uh, salon style ready to go. And, uh, you know, that might build a little bit of confidence in uh, Marlon. So I'm going to go with Cheeto. I guess I'm um, siding with the casuals because I'm taking Cheeto as well. Um, look, I think uh, every fighter comes to a point in their career where it's just curtains, bro. It's over. You can kiss the baby, and at this point, you're just collecting checks. Question about that. Um, who's been in the UFC longer between Frankie Edgar and Cheeto? Frankie Edgar. Frankie, for sure. Yeah. By a long time. Long time. Frankie was a champion. Yeah. So like for me, I think uh like what like I said, um when you 
every fighter they have they, they come to a point where you know you you you're at the end of it, man. Um, and I just I think it, that's that's the case with Frankie. Frankie has provided some great moments, some good memories. He's tough as fuck. He's a former champion. But I think Mar- Marlon's going to be too much. In fact, I think Marlon's going to knock him out, bro. I think this is going to be a, a second, early early TKO. Second round TKO. That's okay. fair. Okay. Hey, side bet. Side bet. I like Frankie for a finish. Oh. Yeah. I'll take you that. Buy, you, you buy me a beer in I, Vegas. I, <laughs> you, guys, you got a bet. Okay. I love a bet. You know, Frankie's on his home turf, though. This is at MSG. So, true story. I don't mean nothing. Yeah, you can yeah, at home too. Unless they're in Brazil <laughs> or some shit, it don't mean nothing. Or <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> we ain't got no fighters. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the Whaley and uh, Nama Yunus fight. That's oh. USA. Yeah, <laughs> she came to the USA. Well, Florida is different. Florida is USA. Bro. <laughs> Florida is um a whole nother culture there. Facts. Well, speaking we of how we Florida, bro, we Florida. That's it. We Florida. That's it. Yeah. Speaking of um violence, and you know, we got Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Justin Gaethje's coming in at a minus one eighty favorite. Michael Chandler uh, closes at plus one fifty five. Look, this fight is potential title eliminator. I mean, Justin Gaethje. You know, he definitely deserves a shot at the strap. If he can get past a tough test in Michael Chandler, I think he's next in line for the title. Um, out, you know, with Poirier and obviously Charlie Olives duking it out for that strap. But this right here, man, this is this fight looks like on paper, guaranteed fireworks. Just like the Iaquinta Bobby Green. Neither one of these two men, Justin Gaethje or Michael Chandler, know how to have a boring fight. They don't know. They don't. It's not in their makeup. They don't. They don't know how to do that. So I'm gonna start with uh, Marky G. How do you feel about this fight? And who you got? This is almost a mirror match here. They are the same person. <laughs> Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler have the great, or like some of the best wrestling pedigrees there, but love to just throw hands. Period. Um, I'm gonna go with Justin Gaethje though. And for one reason and one reason alone, Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman is my only reason for it. He's got three fighters on this card, and he's been focusing on them three fighters. Hardcore. I mean, let's be honest. He only has three fighters, period. So, (laughs) and two of them are champs. And one's a former interim champ. Big facts. He ain't locked the man spitting wisdom. Uh, Mo, what's up? You know what time it is. It's the coin time. <laughs> Here we go. Heads is Chandler. Wait, 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 wait. He's the A side. Gaethje's uh heads. Chandler is Tails. Mm. Tails it is. I got Chandler. Ooh. Yes. Bro, I'm gonna go with Mosey, man. It's a it's, it's a coin toss for me. They're both uh they both seem explosive. They both love to put on a show. Like it, someone's getting knocked out. Like it, I I I think it's not gonna go to the decision because they both um you know there's 
some friendly banter going on and everything like that. But I think um, it's a coin toss at this point, man. Whoever gets that clip, like that lucky shot or that that shot. Whoever lands. Yeah, whoever lands. It's a three-round fight? It's a three-round fight? Is it? It is a three-round fight. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Mm -mm. This shit not going to last, so... Yo, so over under when this fight ends. I would say this. I don't I don't believe it's a coin flip. I think there's somebody in this fight that has a, a, a real edge, a, a complete edge. And that is the human highlight, Justin Gaethje. I think he has an edge. Um, Michael Chandler is powerful. He is explosive. He does have good wrestling. Um, however, he has been proven to be kind of chinny. Uh, he's he, he um even in Bellator, um Pitbull was able to hurt him and put him away. Um, we saw what Charlie Oliver was Charlie Oliver was able to do after surviving a fucking rough first round. Justin Gaethje hits uh like a ton of bricks, and this man can take some punishment. I mean, it took it took what five rounds for Dustin Poirier to put him away? Not five rounds, but a lot of action for Dustin Poirier to put him away. And he went to war with um, Eddie Alvarez, who was a former champion as well. I think Justin Gaethje under Trevor Whitman, I, I just feel like he's improved in his, his striking defense and his accuracy in his striking offense. Like the way he did Tony Ferguson, bro, that changed, ah, man. That changed the way I view him. Because that was, I mean, I think that uh, before he was kind of like this Homer Simpson character where he would just come out and just try to inflict as much damage as possible and defense be damned like he was against Michael Johnson and how um, in some of the previous fights. But right, right now, I mean, outside of Khabib just taking him down and subbing him, I don't see, if you try to, if you just have off standing and trading, I'm going with, I'm taking J- Justin and I'm going to pay the juice. I'll pay the minus 180. So give me uh, Justin Gaethje. I think he knocks Michael Chandler out, bro. Not, t- not saying Michael Chandler's uh a scrub or anything like that. I just think uh, Justin Gaethje's a little bit of cut above. So I'm going to move to the next one. Oh, yeah. We got one. Well, we got Lee Zhang, Rose Mama Yunus, and a rematch. We were in the back. Now, this fight here is intriguing. And this is a, this is technically speaking a pretty close matchup. It ref, it's reflected in the odds because Rose Nama Yunus comes in at minus 115. Favorite. And Wayne Zhang is a plus 155 underdog. Those numbers are really, really close. I will say this. Going into the fight, the previous matchup, I thought it would be a dog fight between Wayne Zhang and uh, Rose Naman Yunez. Like we said earlier, well, um, Mark alluded to three fighters being under Trevor Whitman's tutelage. One of those th- three fighters, besides Justin Gaethje, is... Rose Naman Yunez. However, I'm taking Wei Lee in this one because I, I expect the first fight to be a, a dog fight and it wasn't. It was a quick knockout by Rose. But I'm taking Wei Lee in the second one just because I think these women are evenly matched. And when they are really evenly matched and one gets a quick KO, I think it does. It kind of favors the person that got beat. If it was quick, if Rose had dominated her and beat the shit out of her for five rounds, I would just take Rose again. But that one one shot where she just clipped her with the left high kick, 
Um, I think that's that made that changed Whaley. She cut her hair. She a, she a different girl. So I'm a, I'm a pencil in Whaley for myself. Uh, Mo, what's up? Once again, I'm breaking <laughs> out the coin. A side is a uh, rose, so that's heads. Whaley is tails. It's tails. Oh, now, really? in my heart, I think Rose is going to edge this out by decision. But since the coin decided otherwise, Whaley wins by knockout. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Oh, for the record, I technically have Whaley winning by TKO. I think she's going to overwhelm Rose. Or, um, yeah. Yeah, she's gonna finish Rose. Correct. I have the same thing. I have uh, Wei Lee by a third round TKO. That's because the coin said so. <laughs> Marky My G. next pick is not a flip. Marky G. I'm actually on the opposite of y'all. I'm going with Rose. She's my girl. I love Trevor Whitman. He's my top trainer right now. But there's also the fact that Wei Lee shaved her head and she made a move to the U.S. to train with Triple C. She's training with Henry Sudo on a very grapple-heavy game plan. I don't think you can train or change a fighter that quickly, especially coming off a knockout loss like that. I think that she's going to try to do something that she's not used to, and she's going to get subbed by Rose Namajunas. Okay. I like it. Chris, what do you think? Man, I um, th- I think I read somewhere where it was like because this the fight ended so quickly, like it's 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 going to be a banger the second time around because you know Wei Lee's going to be more cautious in her movement. She's she's going to be looking for that high kick, you know, like and I I think like the thing with her like she's going to focus so much on that high kick and it might it might even be the downfall for her too, you know, and maybe um. Rose's camp will know that. And Rose's camp is phenomenal. Trevor Whitman is a really good coach, man. Like, the way that he treats his fighters, like, he's so one-on-one with them. Like, he's really uh, – he's with them. And, yeah, man, I'm, I don't know, man. It's, it's a coin toss for me. And, I'm, uh, man, I see it going with uh, – I'll go with Rose because Trevor Whitman's camp is just too, too dominant, man. Just the way he treats his fighters is a, uh, it's a good coach, which, yeah. I, I, I believe in the Trevor Whitman magic. I do. Um, however, I think it's more about the individual that's in the cage than it is about the coach outside of the cage. I do believe that Trevor Whitman does put his fighters on a different level when it comes to their striking ability. Because what he's done to transform Justin Gaethje, Rose Naman Yunez, and the person I'm about to mention next has been nothing short of incredible. Um, the main event is uh, Kamaru Uzman, the reigning UFC welterweight champion. Um, he's coming into this fight minus 305 favorite versus Kobe Covington coming in at plus 240 as an underdog. This is a rematch, and in the first fight, we saw what happened. 
Um, and that was we saw what Kamaru was also able to put on tape after that fight. We saw what he did with Gilbert Burns. We saw what he did with Jorge Masvidal. This was all under the tutelage of Trevor Whitman. And Kamaru's jab is better. His straight punches are much more crisp and more powerful. We saw him drop Gilbert Burns with a jab. We saw him absolutely destroy Jorge Masvidal with a right hand. We're talking about a different animal in this version of Kamaru Usman than was the guy that Kobe fought the first time, and the results the first time were a TKO loss for Kobe Covington, who allegedly had his jaw broken in that fight. Um, I will say this. Kobe did change camps, too, and he did beat the shit out of um, Tyron Woodley, who is a former champion, but we see that Tyron's on, currently on a decline, and Kobe hasn't had a lot of activity. My pick in this one is going to... I'm just going to ride with the champion. Um, I think that Kamaru is um, the best welterweight in the world. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to continue having that narrative. So my pick is going to go with uh, Kamaru. No, sorry. Mark, what do you think... Uh, what do you see in this fight and why? I'm going to go with Kamaru. I'm riding with Driver Whitman all the way on this card. Um, but that's also... While we're talking about camps, we're going to talk about Kobe Covington's change to MMA Masters. First of all, nobody knows who they are. Orlando? Nobody cares who they are. They're, no, it's still in a... No, I think it's like Miami. Hialeah or some shit. Like it's, it's, yeah, around Miami. South Florida. South Florida somewhere. Oh. But no one knows who they are. Yeah, he came back and he beat Tyrone Woodley, but so did Jake Paul. So I... Um, <laughs> Who cares? Like, uh, I think that Kamaru Usman, since our first fight, has evolved at least two levels. Kobe's probably the same Kobe. He's not a bad fighter. He's still a great fighter. But he's not on Kamaru's level. That's where I'm at. I'm going with Kamaru. I'm going for the pound-for-pound fighter right now that I've been saying for the past I don't know how many months just because of his evolution since then their first fight and you're gonna have to show me otherwise I like Kamaru by submission I'm calling this one submission not knockout not TKO submission Kamaru 1,000%, 1,000%, no coin flips, no nothing. Kamaru, pound for pound. Who's next? Yeah, I really I really see Kamaru, like, boxing Kobe's head off, to be honest. I think this is going to be... The reason why that fight the first time was a pretty much just a, st- a stand-up kickboxing fight is because both guys have such great wrestling credentials that I don't think either one of them is going to want to engage in wrestling. I think it's kind of like uh, they cancel each other out. Uh, I'm not even sure who has the better wrestling credentials, but I know that if they want to force stalemates, they could by just uh, engaging in a little bit of grappling. But Kamaru looks looks to be the stronger guy, to be the more physically strong guy um, in their matchups, and he seems to have more power in his punches, whereas Kobe seems to be um, a volume striker, point striker. 
he kind of overwhelms guys with volume and the threat of a takedown. Whereas that that threat isn't there against Kamaru Usman. He's not. He has probably one of the highest percentages of of takedown defense in the division, and he didn't seem to be phased by Kobe's um, point strikes. A lot of people thought this said this fight was really close the first time, but I, I watched this fight about about five times, and I don't think it was as close as people remember. Like, yeah, Kobe did land a lot of strikes, but Kamaru never was. He seemed never really seemed to be phased by it. Like, he just like walked through him like a tank, and then walked Kobe down for four and a half rounds. It wasn't like every time Kobe got hit. By Kamaru, you can see it have a, a change in how Kobe was approaching the fight. He would either back up or wince or change his hands when he got hit in the body. Um, he would make faces when he got hit in the face, and you saw it on him. Whereas Kamaru kind of like seemed like he just hopped out of the shower. I mean, he got he had Kobe hit him with a lot of volume, but he didn't show any respect to that. And I think in order for this fight to change. That is definitely going to have to change. Um, Kobe can't have this approach of, I'm going to win on points. Because if he just goes tit for tat and trade shots, I think it's going to be a very, a very similar end to the first one, except much quicker. Um, given that Kamaru just has more power. Um, Chris, do you have anything on this? Yeah, man. I think uh, Kamaru's going to come out with the win, dude, just because his striking is so much better now compared to their first fight. Like, I believe when his first fight, he was still with um, Sanford MMA, and he wasn't getting that, um, that, that, that treatment that he, he is now with Trevor Whitman. And I think with him and Trevor Whitman, especially with Masvidal in that last fight, like, bro, like, he, he's got hands now. And it's it, it's getting better and better. So I think um, Kamaru's gonna knock his ass out. I will say this because this hasn't been said yet, but there is one thing about dominant wrestlers that start to get knockouts. They start to kind of rely on that knockout power and start to headhunt mm. and look for that. But one thing I will say about Kamaru that's been impressive to me his whole career is he's very multi level in his approach. He doesn't just try to go for one thing to beat you. He attacks you in layers. Like, he's not afraid to throw body punches. He's not afraid to commit to power strikes to the body, whether it be kicks or um, or hooks with his punches. But he's, he's willing to chop the tree down. Like, go for this, whatever you give him, whatever strikes available, and then eventually take you out of there. He has a very methodical approach. Um, he, we saw that in the t- when he took the title from Tyron Woodley. We saw it um, against Gilbert, where he was able to survive an early knockdown and then pick Gilbert apart. And you saw it also with both the Kobe Covington fight, the one, and the Masvidal, both Masvidal fights, where he just took, he knew Masvidal couldn't do anything in the grappling exchanges, so he just forced him against the cage and stomped his feet. Played, played can crusher. <laughs> in the second fight, Footsies. Yeah, in the second fight, Marvel presented his chin and he took it. So it's like whatever he seems to be the kind of guy who whatever the deep he takes what the defense gives him. If you're defending one thing, he'll take something else until you break. And that's what he did against in the previous four fights. I don't see that stopping. So uh I think um 
a lot of Kobe Covington stands will be silent come Sunday. Any closing thoughts, fellas? Great card coming up, man. That's all I got to say. It's a great card coming up. I have to watch it a little late, but it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we're going to be uh, three hours and some change, plus some more hours. <laughs> yeah, this, we didn't even talk about some of the other fights on this card because we're not picking them, but this card is absolutely loaded. Unfortunately, unfortunately, one of my best friends is marrying one of his best friends on that exact same day. So uh, I'm going to be enjoying that, getting drunk, making a fool out of myself on the dance floor, and and finding the wife for the night. As long as American Airlines gets me there, I'll be there. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll be watching fights. All right, guys. So, um, closing thoughts. Usman is still pound for pound after this Saturday. Wei Li Zhang and you? Nah. The the coin the coin yeah. hasn't filled me yet. Oh yeah, it has it has it has San Hagen. It has. I think we get a little highlight from Justin Gaethje. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's that's. that's I think that's, that's gonna a, be that's a, a banger. I think that's the 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 main reason why I'm like a little upset because I can't see that one, and I really want to see that one. I think, I think we get to witness the uh, the the goodbye. I think Frankie Edgar leaves the puts the gloves in the cage. You think, think so? so? Win or lose? I, I he's gonna get knocked the fuck out and then put the gloves in the cage. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I'm not saying that, you know, that's what I'd see happening. I, I can yeah. see that happening. Not a loss, see. I can see that happening. Especially if it's devastating. I think Marlon's going to body this guy. I'll be honest. I think it's going to be. This is a coming out party for Marlon, in my mind. Well, he's young, dude. Like, he's young. He's hungry, too. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to go forward where Frankie's just kind of like, seems like he's just trying to keep where he's at right now, like, just trying to be comfy. Well, I mean, if, if, Frankie, if Frankie wants to continue after a loss, I'm, I'm here for it, but um, I definitely see Marlon getting, uh, getting this one. I would take it either way. You know, if, if Frankie loses and he decides to retire in New York, I'm good with that. But, you, like you said, I'm here for any Frankie Edgar fight that he wants to take. Until it starts looking like when BJ Penn kept going, I'm here for it. Don't remind me. Yeah, hey, man. We're talking Frankie Edgar. We got to talk BJ. Hey, man, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Are they from All the right, same guys. camp? Uh, no, no, no. No, they just okay. same era, same era of fighters, man. That's that damn. And what Frankie did to BJ, you know what I mean? Like, hey, c- c- come on, man. Come on, c- c- come on. I'm just saying, like, he's coming for him. There comes a time, though, man, where just the game passes you by, bro. It's like, this is the hurt business, and it's not a young man's game. Jan Blahovic and um, Grover Teixeira, is, that's anecdotal, bro. That that happens sometimes where the old guy happens to clip the young guy or the younger guy. But usually, bro, you get fed to the Lions if you're in the, 
on a higher end of the age scale. You know who who's like defying that, but they're not that old as Aldo right now. Yeah, that's true. He just got a lot of miles. Yeah, he's defying the mileage because he's still young. He's technically supposed to be in his prime right now. Yeah, currently, right now. Yeah. Well, it's all the what, 35? 34? Yeah, 34, 35. So he should be in his prime, but he's got all the years and all the mileage and all the wars. So, yeah. I don't know how he's still doing it. I don't know how he's not just fucking broken like Kane. I was going to say this. One thing that I, w- I will say to that is one thing about getting older is, especially if you can still do it physically, is you have that you have that feeling like, oh man, I wish I would have moved if, if, if I only knew this. He knows. He knows those things. Like He has the wisdom and the experience but and his body's still physically capable to do the, the things that he needs to do. So I think that that is a big edge for him going up against some of the guys that are, you know, a little bit younger, but um, let's be honest, like, it's not like Aldo is exactly wiping the floor with that division. He looks good, but we saw what Pure Jan did, bro. Come on. Oh, my God. Let's, not act, like, let's not act like he turned, the, turned the, the beat back. He looks good for his age. Can we, uh, can we bring up one thing from 267 with um, Dos Santos versus uh, Descentes, the the French dude with the referee. Oh, you want to talk about the Russian? Oh, yeah, the guys, Russian heard about that. Dude. Yeah, yeah. They, they took off the, the card. They took the ref off the card after that fight. Yeah, and he will most likely never do a UFC event again. No, but that was uh, that was brutal. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. He made Mazagati look good, bro. <laughs> Jeez, I, I don't. Mm. Maybe, maybe Yamazaki, but not not Mazagati. That's a fucked up. My bad, Mazagati. I ain't gonna throw you in the bus. He caught a stray. Mazagati's pretty fucking bad too. I'm just saying. He caught a stray. My bad. I mean, I'm Yamazaki. He caught a stray bullet. Um, I want to say this too is one closing thought, bro. I, I really think that L. I. Quinta versus Bobby Green is fight of the night. It can happen. That's, I mean, that, that's a tough one to call with the car or the fights on this this card. There's a lot of fucking bangers. I think, but I just feel like these two guys, they always bring it, man. Like they always put on a show, regardless. Like they always have a legendary scrap, and I really feel like Al Iaquinta and Bobby Green together. Those two ingredients, you just can't have a bad meal. Like you, you put those two things. It's like putting bacon on anything. It's gonna taste good. You know what I mean? I, I, I think Bobby Green, Li Quince is fighting tonight. I feel like a lot of these could be some quick ones. I feel like Kamaru Kobe could be quick, bro. Kamaru can knock his ass out in the first round if he get if he gets silly. If he gets crazy, then like we can get. I mean, Rose and Wayne, um, that could Same be a thing. war. That could be a war, but it can get crazy too. Because if Wayne Lee come out there with that triple C, she grounds her, and El- Wayne Lee's violent, bro. She's violent as fuck. You saw what she did with Jessica Andrade? Yeah. That was, that was pure violence, bro. Like, she's, she's a little fucking badger. I, I feel like uh, that could be ugly. We know Gaethje, and bro, if that shit lasts more than one and a half rounds, I'm surprised. <laughs> Gaethje and fucking Chandler, that's just one and a half. Take the under. 
Cash the tickets. One and a half, under one and a half rounds. That's a good bet. That's fair. Marlon Barry and Frankie Edgar. Look, Frankie is like, you ever have like a, a family dog and like they're cute and they're old, but you love them, but you know that you got to put them down. I feel that way with Frankie like right now. Like Frankie's like that. I like I love Frankie Edgar, man. He he's kind of similar to like like I say, he never puts on a boring affair, bro. Frankie's like my guy. Like I I remember he he's giving me so many moments in the cage where I just like I appreciate him for that. However, however, you getting this up, bro. You getting this up. It's such a morbid analogy, man. You getting this up, <laughs> like, bro, bro. Like I think I feel like this is a morbid fucking matchup. Like, you getting this up, bro. I, I, I kind of feel bad for Frankie, bro. I'm like, this. I feel like this is not who he should be fighting. He shouldn't be coming up against young, hungry lions. It should be against other guys in his legacy realm. Guys, like I want to see him fighting like Diego Sanchez or some shit. Not, not Marlon Vera, bro. Like, not saying Marlon can make Not saying Marlon Vera is some kind of killer. I'm just saying that I think Frank. It's 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 time. It's time. All right, One man. more segue. Are there huh? champions? Do they have like champions in bare knuckle boxing? Good question. Because if they do. Mike Perry for champ. <laughs> My boy Mike Perry. Platinum is gonna get a championship now that he's a bare knuckle. Oh, God. Mike Perry, man. I have one thing to say about Mike Perry. One thing to say only. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. <laughs> I'm an island boy. <laughs> With the walkout song. That's what I think when I think Island. That's what when I think Mike Perry, I think of Island Boy. <laughs> this man is uh This man is a he's like Jameis Winston, bro. He's a walking meme. Hilarious though. He bring like he's just a funny ass dude, man. Absolutely. Like. I, for entertainment value, I, I fucking love him. Like everything he does is memeable. Like I I I, I love it. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm gonna watch him on bare knuckle book for sure. And James Winston, RIP your knee, man. I hope you get come back stronger next year, buddy. 2022 MVP, come back stronger. So are you guys ready to call it? Mm-hmm. Zip, it up. Zip it yeah, up. Zip it out. Zip it out. Zip it do that. Bye bye. <laughs>